0: Good morning, everyone. Craig Chamberlain with the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is Saturday, February 12th, 5.59 a.m., so close to 6 a.m., but we're starting right on time today. Today's video, we are going to talk about how the subject basically you guys picked from yesterday was courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. This is a quote from Mark Twain. I'm going to say it again. Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. So we're going to unpack that today and go into uh, greater detail and have a discussion time. And we're going to wrap it all up at the end with uh, the with devotion. So let's go ahead and move on to Audible. If you're like me and you love reading or even the idea of reading, but don't have that time because you have a spouse, kids, full-time job, and crazy time-consuming hobbies, then I have good news for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and play that next exciting adventure or expend your knowledge right from your Android or Apple device. And now, for a limited time, you can get your first audiobook completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial more than enough time to finish that first book if you are dissatisfied for any reason you can cancel any time remember audible.wisdomworthknowing.org so we've expanded the live stream a little bit Uh, I went through quite a few settings yesterday and I'm still overcoming technical difficulties I'm hoping we fixed the audio levels issue from yesterday because I was listening to my AirPods I'm like no matter how loud I turn this up I cannot hear me or I can barely hear me obviously a problem when you know you have a podcast people need to be able to hear you so give me feedback if you run into any technical issues uh, during the live stream you can obviously leave your comments just go to wisdomworthknowing.org it'll bring you to the facebook page you can watch the live stream and leave comments as we're streaming but we have expanded the streaming and i have no idea how it's going to turn out yet but it's expanded to youtube so you can subscribe on youtube and uh, we've also expanded to rumble so for now Hopefully that's running well. I'm actually going to pull that up real quick on my end just to see if it's running. No idea. Uh, We are going to find out. Well, I'll wait till later. I'll find out if it worked later. That's what I'm going to do. Don't want to waste your guys' time with that. All right. So let's get started on today's topic. So courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. Yeah, and I apologize for my dog barking. By the way, this morning, it's so like you can have. I was talking to myself. I was like, you can have uh, your own private studio and you've set up in your room, which it took it took me a long time to set up. It, you can wake up at six o'clock in the morning to make sure you never get interrupted, <laughs> and then, lo and behold, three rooms over, you still have your dog finding a way, or your kids or your family finding a way to to get audio in the background. So, Amen. We don't have an actual studio here, so this is as this is as good as we get. We'll take what we can get so we've talked about worry in a previous podcast it's actually um it's a it's a cornerstone subject for me because i, I grew up with anxiety and anxiety disorder, the generalized anxiety disorder uh, did the whole panic attack thing and all that um and it took it's taken me years to to kind of w- learn to live with it first of all just accept that that's part of my personality and then uh, even moving beyond that just uh, developing the tools necessary to actually uh learn to cope with a highly anxious personality type. Uh this quote is really cool. It is from Mark Twain. Uh I'm not entirely sure specifically where uh Mark Twain Twain said it. Uh it is a quote from the Facebook page Remarkable Books. So I want to give a shout out to them. They are a good page. You probably want to follow them. But um, let's start with that first part. Courage is resistance to fear. So resistance is like the the state of when something pushes on you, you push back. So let's say if I have like two objects and they are pushing at each other. And one of those objects is capable of pushing back harder than the other. So as one pushes, let's say person A or object A pushes towards project, project object B with a certain amount of force and then that level of force overcomes the resistance and it just slowly pushes it back. So it's not like suddenly it just collapses and falls over unless it's got no resistance but resistance is actually something that is is kind of intrinsic to the object so there's a level of resistance each object would have. We could say if we're just talking about traditional objects that sit on the floor of something you could say it's just the just the morning uh i'm sorry not just the morning you could say it's just the um the weight of the object so the heavier an object is the more resistance is and the harder it is to push so courage as the resistance to fear is something that is is determined by how hard we push back against the things that give us anxiety. So the reason that's important to to, ta- to kind of take into consideration is because when you don't actually take the time to develop the resistance, then anytime something scary kind of comes along or triggers your anxieties, it's going to instantly just, just you're just going to flop over, and it's going to overtake you, it's just going to plow through you. And so this idea of developing resistance uh, doesn't make fear go away. It's just saying, okay, fear is going to come regardless, but we are going to take the time necessary to develop the skills. And in in some ways we are limited because there's also some resistance that's just built on experience. But we're going to develop the skills in order to increase our level of resistance to fear. There's a number of ways we can do that, but um, I'm going to move into that after this. Because it, it's also related to the, the second part of this phrase, which is the mastery of fear. So we can develop our resistance, and then we can develop our mastery. To me, mastery is when you finally gotten to the point of you're no longer resisting, just resisting I should say, but you are pushing back even. And so if you've got this inertia level going where you're constantly already being pushed around by your anxieties and fear, you need to first start developing that resistance to the fear so that you can just start, just slow the momentum, right? Think of a car in motion. When you hit the brakes, it doesn't stop instantly. At least I hope it doesn't. You'll fly out the window. But, but when, you, when you start, when you begin to stop the car, you just slow down gradually at first. And then finally you come to a stop, but let's say there's a second car pushing at you. I know it sounds weird, but as you slow down, you want that second car to start pushing back. And so that was where the mastery takes place. It's like, okay, first we got to learn to stop the car. Then we actually need to develop the ability to actually not only stop it, but push back. And then, um, obviously the last part of the the actual saying is it's uh not the absence of fear. This is something that i, I definitely know is is related to the naivety of youth um i'm thirty seven so when I was in my early twenties and i and I really struggled with this whole anxiety thing um uh, I just assumed anxiety should not exist you know i had this this idea that the, just this fundamental denial of reality. <laughs> <laughs> that that something was wrong with me because I was anxious. Hang on one second. Hope you're having coffee with me this morning. But I had this general idea that not only should I be able to resist fear, but it just should, fear just shouldn't exist. I should be fearless. I actually hate that word, by the way, fearless. Um. I absolutely despise it because I don't think there is such a thing as fearless. I don't think people are fearless. I think people learn to cultivate and develop the skills necessary to to manage their fear. And I think some people have just, it, became, it becomes so intrinsic because they develop the skill so well that they eventually just unconsciously resist the anxieties as they flow through them and i know people like this i know people like who are just like fundamentally untouchable with anxiety and fear and um i am not i am not one such person i've gotten better at it but i am not the i am not the kind of person who magically uh adapts well to to changing circumstances and changing situations um so let's talk a little bit how we can actually develop this Resistance and then mastery of fear. Everybody's different, so everybody's skill set is going to be unique, in in how they deal with their anxieties. But in in my experience, what a lot of a lot of what happens is it begins in my mind. All right. So there's a couple of great books on this. There's one called Battlefield of the Mind. Um, there's one called An Unquiet Mind. There's another one called um, I'm going to make sure I get this right. From Panic to Power. It's a great one. That one actually that one was actually recommended to me by my mom. Um let's see here. I'm trying to think if there's any of any other books off the top of my head. Obviously devotionals help. Um we read the utmost for as highest on on our morning podcast and that usually helps because I think maintaining inner monologue and inner communication and having a healthy prayer life is essential to to dealing with, And even if you're not religious, just having a, a healthy uh, dialogue life, um, either with yourself or with what you would call your higher power, um, is extremely important. I obviously have my own views on, on my own higher power, but that's not my responsibility. To I, first, I should respect everybody's perspective on that. Um, but just that inner dialogue is extremely important. But check out those books. They're they're fantastic, especially if you are in a panic situation. But it really starts with the mind. It starts in your in your head. And there is a word that's on the internet that, that is quite hilarious. It's called being triggered. You know, it's like I'm triggered. I've been triggered. But there's truth to that. There are there are, we do have triggers. You know? There it's not as simple as it sounds, you know, we can all sit back and go, yeah, I can handle anything that comes my way. But then there's always that, that certain set of circumstances that when something happens, let's say for me, it's like, generally it's a health issue. Let's say I get a heart palpitation, right? Because that's actually a pretty common thing. It's just a, your heart skips a beat. That for me is a, is a trigger. And so that particular trigger will cause me to, you know, freak out. It gets me on the hamster wheel, I like to say. So that starts in my head, though, because I, I do have a physical thing happening to me. But then my head links it to the physical event. And then that's when the panic sets in. And then I start feeding the fear. You know, and I get on the hamster wheel. And then I just start running faster and faster and faster. So identifying our triggers, because being triggered is a real thing. Identifying our triggers is extremely if not the cornerstone of this process of learning to resist our fears initially. Some of us have never even started to cultivate these tools and that's totally fine. You were just never given the emotional tools to deal with these triggers. And there's a wide reason that might happen. Culturally, there are, there's a very motivated group of people, you know, in the media, for example, who, who, they make a lot of money on these anxieties and fears. And so there's like they have a vested interest in continuing to kind of pour gas on the fire. And so if if you're not if you're not aware of what your triggers are and the potential risk for them, you can really get trapped without even realizing it that you're getting trapped in this loop. And so it just it's something you need to start identifying at some point. If you it doesn't matter what age you are, you can start at any point in time you can say, "Okay, this is obviously a trigger for me because I've been freaking out for the last 3 days about it." And then a really good way to identify whether it's just anxiety or not is is there is this a real threat when you're freaking out about something? You ask yourself, "Is this a real threat?" Or is this a perceived threat? These are extremely different things. A real threat is when something is actually happening and occurring. So in other words, you can walk up to somebody and you can point at it and you can say, look at that, that is tragic. How am I going to deal with that? It's actually a real event. A perceived threat is you look at a situation or whatever's going on and then you say, oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen. And we don't, we like to think we know what's going to happen. And 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 even if we have a good amount of experience, we we can, in a lot of ways, think we know what's going to happen. Having some foresight is obviously good. But in most cases, we don't actually know what's going to happen. And so part of being on the hamster wheel is acknowledging the fact that or having the the level of humility necessary to say, listen, I know this is what I think is going to happen. But there's also a pretty, even if it's a small chance, there is a chance that it's not going to happen. And I'm sure a lot of you may have heard this saying is some 99 out of the 100 things I worry about don't actually come to be. But then the one thing that I worried about does actually come to be is enough to justify the hundred that I worried about. You know, it's like we have that confirmation bias when it comes to anxiety. It's like we can worry about a hundred things, but then if only one of them comes true, we're like, see, I told you, I told, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. And and I do it all the time. Like it's in my head. I do. I <laughs> Even though it's like, I, even though it was. The problem is, I wasted so much time and energy on the on the on the on the one hundred. Um, that it it's ridiculous to assume that just because got I, I was right once, that I'm right all the all the time. Because really, at the end of the day, we have to admit that anxiety doesn't actually change a problem. It doesn't actually fix a problem. Like worrying about the problem doesn't fix it. Like if my house is on fire, this is just an obvious example. My house is burning down. Like lit, if it's literally burning down. And I stare at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's going to burn. Does that stop the house from burning down? The, the fallacy of anxiety is we think that if we, just, if we just worry a little bit harder, it will change it. So it's like, if I just worry a little bit more about all my stuff burning down, the fire will go away. And it's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> You know, like in order to put out the fire, which is obviously a real physical thing happening. That's the difference between perceived threat and actual threat. I have to call a fire department. My worry isn't going to stop it from burning down. Or I have to go get a fire hose or a bucket. The worry itself doesn't solve the problem. Anxiety was is something that is gifted to us so that we can handle threats not so that they can we can be crippled by them and it's it's a it's a it's a misalignment of our anxiety um system when we start using the anxiety to prevent or stop problems because that's not really why anxiety exists and fear exists it exists so that we can actually acknowledge that there's a problem and have compassion and empathy for the problem and then react and actually do something like calling a fire department, for example. Um, but then at that point, the anxiety has served its purpose and we're supposed to just say, okay, well I've done what I can do to resolve this issue or deal with this issue. And now it's time to move on um, or focus on something else. So the identifying our triggers is extremely important for that, that resistance part. So, Battlefield of the Mind is a perfect example of a book that kind of helps give you emotional tools. Um, so is Panic to Power. Um, both of those books kind of give you some emotional tools as a framework of, of starting not only identify those triggers, but then actually dealing with and pushing back on them. And then what I've noticed is from my, my mid-20s to now my mid-30s, it's taken a decade of of panic attacks and worry but the the amount of anxiety my resistance is better than it was and that's really all all that we need to aim for is some progress there we don't we're not going to be perfect so our our goal is to develop over time skills and only we can do this like we we know ourselves better than anybody else but the goal is to develop skills to to begin pushing back on that so the second part is mastery of course mastery comes later You know, after you've really mastered your triggers, and again, that that will take an immense amount of time, and I don't think we'll ever fully master all of them. I think there will always be new triggers that develop. Um, Then you can actually start to figure out ways of not only saying, how do I deal with this issue? Then we can actually move on and say, how can I use this issue to empower myself? You know, who else can I help? You know, how can I step outside of my anxiety and then actually expand it into power? You know, I think that's why I like that panic to power book because that that moves into the mastery portion. That's where you're pushing back. It's where you've stopped just resisting anxieties and you've started to actually push back and and mastered them. And then 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 you're the person when the people call when a tragedy happens because they're like, wow, I saw how person X, Y, Z reacted to this situation and I I need that I need I need that strength, um, and that's that's a noble goal to aim for. Peterson talks about this, you know, be the guy who, who who has the courage to give the speech at the funeral, not the one who falls apart. That's that's a big deal, you know. Like being able to be strong amidst chaos is is not it's not an easy thing to do you know being able to pull yourself together and not fake it you know be genuinely strong and that's a that's a noble pursuit and it takes an immense amount of self-awareness and understanding and self-mastery to be able to acknowledge the reality of a situation for what it is and not only acknowledge it but then actually be a rock or a a strength in that so that's I think I'm going to close with that. You know, um at least this this part of the discussion t- this part of the future topic. We're going to move into the discussion time here shortly. Um discussion time is actually part of the live stream. I do monitor the chat while I'm live. I don't think I'm going to do the scheduled events again this time because I've noticed that the the actual exposure we're getting on Facebook for this using this streaming app It's not as good. You know, I don't think the people on the page are actually seeing this like they did the previous ones. Can you give me feedback on that? Because I don't want people to have to go hunting for it. It should just pop up and say that this person's gone live. You should be able to jump in. But then again, it is a Saturday morning at 6.15. So naturally, most normal humans aren't up this early, let alone on Facebook, let alone looking for a live stream that's 30 minutes to 40 minutes long to participate in. So... You can always post your questions in advance for tomorrow's discussion as well um but I do monitor the chat while the video is live so that I can actually answer your, any questions you might have um but it doesn't look like there's much discussion going on this morning and that's totally fine uh i do I do like to go into the discussion time just in case there is something that that kind of triggers somebody you know not not in an anxiety way but so that makes them think that then they have to share it so that we can actually uh discuss it a little bit more let me pull it up here give me one moment please stand by yeah it looks like it's a lot harder to find it on this on this new setup but that there it is i see it okay yeah (laughs) i got a comment from my mother hello becky (laughs) i mean mom hi mom uh, but uh but yeah we 've had a couple regulars on here, like we 're just getting started and you know overcoming all the technical issues so i 'm not super discouraged by that, not having a lot of input on the uh, on the live stream side just yet, so feel free to join anytime. if you join on the facebook page you 'll have a lot of opportunities to kind of participate and like i said it 's also on YouTube, and I think rumble i 'll find that out later uh, and we 'll move on from there so before we move on to the devotional time. Don't forget to subscribe on Facebook. You don't have to do it while you're live. The subscriptions on Facebook is only one dollar a month. You're going to get to watch all the episodes, whether you subscribe or not. But the subscriptions actually will help fund the advertising and promotions of the show. And the great thing about it is, like I said, a dollar a month, it's four quarters. It's less than a cup of coffee. Uh, and um so I was kind of going for something super cheap. I didn't want to make it and kind of hit people's pocketbooks because I understand. Uh, And that'll help the show grow. So consider doing that. Just go to subscribe.wisdomworthknowing.org or just go to wisdomworthknowing.org, which will take you to the Facebook page and then click that subscribe button and uh, sign up. And you'll get the super cool subscriber badge on the side of all of your comments on all the posts, not just the live stream uh, to show that you are in support.